0: This is the InFocus podcast from the
1: Hindu. Hello and welcome to the InFocus podcast. I'm your host G Sampath. The Ahmad B. party has scored a stunning landslide victory in the Punjab assembly elections. Punjab is a state that has traditionally been dominated by two parties which have alternated in power, the Shiromani Akali Dal and the Congress. But this time the AAP has blown away both these traditional contenders to win 92 seats in the 117-member assembly. So what were the factors behind Punjab's embrace of the Ahmadmi Party? What are the main expectations that the AAP is expected to fulfill? And what does this election victory mean for the future of politics in the state, especially for the Akali Dal and the Congress going forward? We look for some answers to these questions uh, in this conversation with Amandeep Sandhu. Amandeep is a novelist and social commentator and the author of Punjab Journeys Through Fault Lines. Amandeep, thank you so much for joining us.
0: Thank you, Sampath. Always a pleasure
1: talking to you. Amandeep, many commentators in the run up to the elections, including yourself, had anticipated hung assembly and you definitely weren't expecting a one sided sweep. So let me ask you are you shocked by the result? I'm stunned. Not shocked, but I'm stunned. I'm I,
0: very early yesterday when the results started coming up, I, you accept the people's mandate, you know, and it was, it looked big, but it kept going bigger and bigger. And it's finally a mammoth decisive vote in favor of us. but we must not forget that even last time people had voted quite decisively for Congress, not as many seats, but a clear majority. So Punjab for the last few elections has been voting very decisively.
1: Okay. And what, according to you, was the basic game-changer for the Aam Admi Party?
0: Nothing. I don't think it is a pro-AAP vote. I think it is an anti-traditional parties, both Congress and Akali Dal, because people are fed up of both those parties. Last time, when they were voting, it was 10 years of a Kali rule, a lot of mismanagement on the ground by the party over 10 years. And so, AAP was a contender. In fact, exit polls said they will win. But finally, people had voted very clearly in favor of Congress. They gave Congress five years. Captain Amrinder Singh was at the helm, but he did not perform at all. And then finally, when, you know, Congress tried in the last three months to bring in a new Chief Minister, they hoped that the bandage will work. But I think the people's consciousness in Punjab, and I would like to bring in here the farmers' protest, creating that political consciousness has played a role. People were not accepting to look at bandage. And Congress had a meltdown almost for three months. You know, constant infighting, constant quabbling between each other. And people voted them out as well. So now, given the political situation in Punjab, this is the end game for Punjab. It has banked on a party which has, remember, it is Punjab that brought in four MPs from AAP in 2014. The whole country had rejected them. And now again, they have given it a whole full-fledged state, which is what AAP has been asking for a lot. So they have given that state to AAP. Now they have opened their hearts to AAP. But now let us see if AAP perform on the ground.
1: Right. So you, you're saying that this is not so much a vote for the Aam Aadmi party as much as it's a rejection, a comprehensive rejection of the traditional uh, parties. Uh, and you also said that they wanted to give a chance to the Aam Aadmi party here. But two things. One, weren't people in Punjab wary of Kejriwal given his stand in support of things like Article 370 abrogation. And and let's not forget, our government in Delhi was, I think, one of the first, if not the first, to notify one of the three farm laws. How do they suddenly trust him now? Do they? What if he decides to notify the farm laws as he has done in Delhi? Absolutely.
0: So that is the point, that they did not offer anything new. In fact, in their earlier versions, they had more concrete agendas for Punjab. You know they had multiple manifestos for various categories of people. This time there was not that. As soon as Kejriwal first came to Punjab on this election rounds, people asked him about the abrogation of 370, and he had to run away literally. He had nothing to say. They have their, their stand on river waters, which is an old issue in Punjab, has always been ambiguous. You know, so he had apologized to Bikram Singh Majithia which is something Punjab doesn't do at all. I mean, they they die fighting, but they don't apologize. I mean, I'm talking the cultural makeup of people. So it had gone down very badly with Punjab. And that is exactly why I'm saying that there was no game changer this time. It was one of the parties. It had nothing really different to offer. It made millions of promises to various categories of protesting people, you know, teachers, nurses, contractual employees and all that. But they did not really have a game plan. As such, the reason people voted for them is because they are more frustrated with the traditional parties. They are completely unwilling to go with them, and these guys were still around. So they said, okay, take it and see what you do with it.
1: Okay, you, I mean, while we are on the subject of AAP, I mean, it is, it is a matter of record that I think almost one-fourth of, of the AAP candidates are people who have come from other parties and uh, and, and uh, as many as 51% of the Aam party candidates have criminal record. So in this sense, there seems to be a contradiction between vote for Badlav, as it's been called, and the kind of human resources which are coming in uh, on this new platform of AAP. Absolutely. So that's exactly the point, you
0: know. I think 38 candidates out of 117 are from other parties. You know, as you said, more than half of them have criminal record. All that Punjab is like willing to overlook. See, this is, these are choices that voter has in front of them, right? And they are saying, okay, in spite of this, in spite of you, we knowing that you have not, you know, addressed Punjab's needs, but still because you are new, we are giving you a chance. It's a huge leap of faith for Punjab. I don't think it's a vote for change. It, in Change in the sense it is that we don't want to go with traditional parties. So that change is there. But now AAP needs to come up with what change will they really bring about. I think Bhagwant maan's face played a major role in people being convinced that they'll at least have a Punjabi chief minister. Because before that, it was always, you know, that most, I mean, last time in 2017, there wasn't uh, it, clear who would be the chief minister. So, Punjab has been very wary of this Delhi based party. There is a traditional five hundred year old struggle between Punjab and Delhi, and yet Punjab has said, "Okay, let's take a chance." So it is huge for Punjab, and the kind of crises that are there in Punjab at least I haven't seen ARP really engage with them in the last eight years they have been around, and yet Punjab is saying, "Let's try you so I think the the expectation that Punjabis have from AAP and especially from Bhagwant maan are huge, and if they don't deliver, then they will have the same fate like the other two parties. What will happen to Punjab? To me, it will be chaos.
1: You were speaking of Bhagwant maan just now being a key factor in the in the kind of faith being reposed uh, in the Amarnath party. Now, what do you think in terms of his ability to run his state with? autonomy, to run it independent and not be remote control from Delhi as some of the critics have been warning voters here. And as is often the case with the chief ministers of other national parties such as the BJP or the Congress have been in the past. So do you think he'll be able to do it independent of uh, the Delhi high command culture or will he be uh, sort of subject to the remote control effect?
0: It is in his best interest to keep Kejriwal out. Kejriwal can focus on national politics on, you know, building the party in other states, but they should not interfere in Punjab. It is in the best interest of Bhagwantman, of our Punjab cadre, our Punjab cell, that they do not let Delhi interfere in, in Punjab. If Delhi interferes, if Kejriwal interferes, they will make a mess out of it. You know, Punjab is in a very precarious place. It's a very fragile state, and it is also a border state for the country. So, we have to handle it in a way in which we heal Punjab rather than we, you know, I mean, even AAP's campaign this year, compare it to last time, last time they were hobnobbing with what are called the Khalistani elements, and this time they were going the other side. They were doing this Tiranga Yatra and peace marches and all that, you know. Don't communalize Punjab, please, don't do it. We have been through militancy, we have been through a lot of issues earlier in our history, We want to heal, we want to develop, we want to grow. But Delhi does not understand this. At least Kejriwal has been playing it wrong. They have to stop now. It's very important for Punjab. And again, just one little point from earlier is a rejection. I mean, it's not only of Kali and Congress. It's of all political big-wig. You know, the two badals, father and son lost, Mijitia lost, Sidhu lost, Channi lost, Amrinder Singh lost. People have rejected all of them. So they are really saying that, okay, we are creating a space for everybody here to actually do work for the state to help it prosper. It's a very, very big mandate and it is Punjab's heart on its hand and given it to AAP. I hope they can hold it. They can respect it.
1: Right. How do you see the new regime under Bhagavan Taman addressing the core issues which you sort of refer to sort of in an indirect way so far? The sand and the liquor mafia, the drug menace, the sacrilege controversy, the transport mafias. Do you, uh, what do you, How do you see the new regime addressing them? Do you think they can tackle something which uh, the traditional parties have struggled to sort of uh, get a hold of all these years?
0: You know, there are two aspects here. First is, when last time when Congress won, it was similar. They had created that, you know, wave of change. And as soon as they took the oath, the next statement was, the treasury is empty. What can we do, you know? I hope AAP has done its study. See, Punjab has not gone to AAP. AAP has come to Punjab. They have come and offered good governance here. So I hope they have some way of putting that money which is needed to fulfill all their promises. It is now their responsibility to take it up. AAP has a history in the last eight years of shirking anything that is thrown at them, you know? Oh, Delhi riots, police is not in our hands, you know? pandemic, oh, we were not prepared, there was no oxygen available, you know, this kind of thing will not work in Punjab now. They have to own up the issues of Punjab, the crisis of Punjab, and move from that space into some kind of feeling. My one thing that comes very immediately to my mind is, I know you have been doing a lot of work on the Ukraine conflict with with Russia, but there is an opportunity here for AAP and Punjab. The wheat prices globally have doubled, even trebled in some places. The wheat harvest of Punjab is going to get ready in one month's time. I hope AAP can work with the center in a way in which Punjab can directly export this wheat to international markets. There will be better money for the farmers and there will be revenue for the state as well. Because unless you have money in your hands, you can't fulfill those promises. And I hope center also helps Punjab do this without bringing in its own FCI and its own bureaucracy and taking away the money that is coming. Here. Because we have been through demonetization, pandemic, GST, everything, and our economy is really, really in the dumps. Unless we infuse rural economy with funding, we will not be able to handle our economy. And AAP, which is mostly an urban party from Delhi, now needs to champion agrarian causes. Because Punjab is an agrarian economy. Now you are our government. Now you need to talk about what what are our conditions and how we can better them. So the the challenge in front of AAP is huge. What Bhagwant Man will do? See, the bureaucracy is the same. He needs to convince the bureaucracy on how to ha- that we have to weed out this corruption. Congress couldn't do that, you know. So the, it was still the same Akali malfunctioning going on. Now, AAP will have to find the people, the right people to put there, the right people who will not fall for corruption and contain all these mafias. It's a mammoth task. It's a mammoth vote, but it's also a mammoth task in front of AAP now. Let us see. I'm only saying I can't answer how they will handle it. We have to see them handling it.
1: Right. I mean, one of the things which which many people, at least in Delhi, give a lot of importance to is the fact that the Ahmadi Party has traditionally been a party of civic Governance delivery mechanisms, you know, they've delivered what is called the Delhi model or the ARP model, which is focused on delivering, you know, a good quality school education and a reasonable amount of accessible health care and, and in terms of, you know, free electricity, you know, water supply uh, to the lower middle classes. This has been their core areas of delivery. And, and as you rightly said, it's an urban party and, and these things matter in urban locations. But Punjab has got a huge uh, agrarian dimension to it, a rural dimension to it. Do you foresee this transition from an urban focus to a rural thing happening easily? Or do you think the vote in itself is actually for the kind of civic governance efficiencies uh, which people have seen happening in Delhi? And is it a vote for the ARP model as such and not so much about all the other things you just
0: I think, Sampat, for the last few years now, we have developed a very skewed expectation of what is the role of each layer of governance in the country. You know, running schools and hospitals and making water available and doing your roads and doing your nalas is actually job of municipalities or of panchayats and villages. It is not the job of MLAs or MPs, you know. MLAs and MPs are supposed to do policy deliberations. They're supposed to create frameworks in which business can happen better. They're supposed to address social justice questions that so many people are still poor, so many sections of people are deprived. That is the function of MLAs at the state level, and that is the function of MPs at the national level. I don't know what deliverance means. I mean, here we are talking of a state which 50 years back was so advanced over the rest of the country because of the Green Revolution. All its roads were pakka, all its nalas were pakka, all its schools were working. It had local health centers. Everything was there. You know, the aftermath of the Green Revolution and misgovernance and militancy-related issues and all that have led to a downfall of the state, though it is still producing much more, you know, crop than it was producing then. You know, so here we are trying to set right something which was already right. In Punjab at least. I know there are parts of the country which have been very poor and deprived. But Punjab was a prosperous state. If we can bring back that glory to Punjab, it would be enough. But they have to create these channels through which that can happen. So this delivery of ordinary things, to me, is actually what is being touted even as a ARP model, is actually the level of municipalities and panchayats. Government should do something else. A government should do the kind of thing I was just telling you about. Say, create a market for the the primary produce of the state, which is already there. They just have to open the channels or create, you know, create opportunities for job for the 40 lakh youth in Punjab. But I am seeing Kejriwal's manifesto saying, oh, people should become Atam Nirbhar. Now, that is the language of another party, right? That is not how you should do it. They should genuinely focus, okay, these are I mean, mostly bureaucratic, urban people who have seen the industrial growth of India. And Punjab needs industries. So create frameworks in this, the industrial Punjab can grow, right? Address the farmers' concerns. I mean, they protested, they did all that, but AAP went and notified one of the laws, actually. So they need to, like, say, okay, no, we're actually listening to the farmers and let's do what the farmers need from us so that they can, you know, cultivate better, earn better money. They should now, as a state government, they should push for MSP, which is a farmer's demand from the centre. So, would it the transition happen easily? I think no. But there would be a certain ease which will come if Delhi does not try to hog the limelight, Delhi up, but instead gives Bhagwant Man a free reign to set up his own system to be able to do this. That is very required.
1: Right. Right. Moving on from the Aam Aadmi party to the other uh, players here, what do you think are the lessons for the Congress from this poll fiasco? Do you think, I mean, they, this election was theirs to lose given that they weren't really up against the BJP here. And do you think there was a mistake? See, one of the reports I read recently said that of all the MLAs who were asked who, who they would want as their leader for the assembly elections, I mean, a very, very minuscule minority voted for Chani, you know. And then, of course, there is the Sidhu factor who is constantly undermining his own party's interests. So, how, to what extent do you think having Chanil uh, be the face of the campaign was it a mistake in any sense? Or were there other things that really undermined their chances? Because it's clear that they didn't really put up their best fight. I mean, even if they were going to lose anyway, this was not the kind of performance that was acceptable by any yardstick. So, what do you think are the lessons uh, to be drawn from this? Two
0: or three levels of lessons that Congress needs to draw, it was a rout. It was not a defeat. You know, Congress was routed in Punjab. But the lesson that they need to draw, Sampath, is the same that they have been needing to draw for the last at least a decade now in the country as well. You know, that their old calculations will not work. Bringing Chani up was to contain their Dalit vote, which is about 31.9% in Punjab. And they thought, okay, with the Dalit phase, we will have Dalits have traditionally been voting Congress and in between a bit to BSP, you know, not too much to other parties. But the Dalit is not a block, you know. I in fact we have spoken about it earlier in our this thing. I, I also felt that Chani was a good stroke by Congress, but even in that interview I had said that the real person who should have come should have been Sunil Jakkar, you know. I still believe that Sunir Jakhar would have been a better choice at least to contain Siddhu, at least to put some kind of a, you know, cover on all the malgovernance by Amrinder Singh. But now, looking at hindsight, we should have actually be saying that Amrinder should have been removed after first two years of governance. You know, he was not performing. He should have just been removed. The fear then was that if we remove him, he'll form his own party. He did that even with three months remaining. BJP had become persona non grata in Punjab because of the farmer's protest. But he paved the way for BJP to enter Punjab again. He wrecked Congress and he opened the, the, the gates for another party which is Congress's rival. You know, so he played a dangerous game because his ego was hurt. And you know what an hurt ego can do. You know, like one, one goes berserk which is what he did, you know. But What Congress can draw from this, very frankly, I think the way the Akali seats reduced from 2017 to 2022, I think the way Congress's seats, Congress has got exactly the same number of seats that Akali's got then. You know, I think their future in this state is over. I think personally their future in the country is over. I mean, if this is the grand opposition, it only has one plus state over TMC, TDP, BJD, CPIM. Shiv Sena, you know, it only has Chhattisgarh and Rajasthan. All those other parties have one state each. I think Congress is, has to do, a, has to step back and create a Mahagathbandhan, which is the only way you can tackle the huge BJP electoral machinery. Look at, I mean, Punjab. Of course, this happened with AAP, but look at UP; they won a second time in spite of extreme anti-incumbency.
1: Right. You speaking of the BJP machinery and of course the fact that Amarinder Singh helped pave the way uh, in a way, so to speak, for uh, the BJP to make inroads. We also know of Arvind Kejriwal's old uh, associations uh, with the RSS, uh, which is on record. So, with the Aam Admi Party getting a huge mandate, 92 MLAs, uh, is are there? Uh, is it is it sort of fair to say that Hindutva now is? sort of in a position to establish a toehold in Punjab, even though maybe in its softer avatar.
0: Yeah, but this toehold was created by Congress in the 1980s, right? Congress was doing soft Hindutva then, you know. So this has been a thread of Punjab's political history, social history. There is an element of Hindutva that comes up. It is, To some extent, it is understandable because Hindus are a minority in that state. It is a Sikh-dominated state. About 56% population is Sikh. You know, about 40% is Hindu. So, there is an anxiety of the minority in this case. But Punjab, at the same time, has never had a communal clash, you know, in history, after partition. So, there is a very syncretic relationship with, between Hindus and Sikh. And I am saying that one danger of Kejriwal, the way he was campaigning also, is that he is going to, you know, hit the communal fault line in Punjab. And I hope he doesn't do that. He stays away from it. That is why the onus is on Bhagwant Man to keep Kejriwal out.
1: Right. Uh, we're running out of time. Aman, on one final question before we wind up. So this victory, I mean, it's a historic victory for the Ahmadmi Aadmi Party. And it also comes at a very critical moment in the history of uh, independent India's uh, democracy and, or democratic journey, as we say. Uh, so does this mark this... Uh, mark? or signal the transition of the AAP into a national party, roughly occupying the Congress space, and which is what I think AAP's Punjab campaign chief Raghav Chhada, has also been saying. And many people seem to think that, you know, it could possibly do so, especially because as you yourself said, both Aam Aadmi Party and the Congress are roughly on the same number, two states, right? So what, do you, what are your thoughts on this?
0: I would go into a much longer arc of history, Sampat, about Punjab's role in history itself. You know, it's, geographical location, it being a gateway to India. For thousands of years, anybody who wanted to conquer India, Indian subcontinent then, now Indian nation, you know, they would come through Punjab. AAP has done exactly that. Now it has taken Punjab. It will definitely expand into India. I think there is a lot of, you know, cadre available to it in all the states who have not been going towards AAP because there has been no possibility of AAP coming up there, you know. But they have been feeling that this Delhi model is good, that, you know, AAP can be an opposition to BJP, though it's a very sad state the country would be if there is a hard Hindutva and a soft Hindutva, you know, (laughs) bipolarity in which the country operates in the future. I don't think AAP is any different from any of the other opposition parties like DMK, for example, you know. But they have potential, they have a national appeal, They will capitalize on it, but we have to see whether they really bring about what they go back to Savraj, written by Kejriwal, go back to the original idea of, you know, Jan Lokpal, to the original idea of transparency in, in governance, to the original idea of low corruption. You know, if it can go back to those, instead of to the religious leanings that it has been showing, I think it will be interesting for the country to have. A party which then will in some ways replace Congress, which Congress has been in need of replacement for a very long time anyway. Or it could be a coalition of a few opposition parties which can come together and create, in my opinion, the Mahagathbandhan, which is the only way we can tackle BJP in 2024
1: right i mean I, I mean people have been speaking of a mahagath bandhan for a long time but uh, i don't know i have my own skepticism about any kind of a patchwork opposition to this unified uh, you know singular focused electoral machinery that the bjp has become and at the same time, of course, as you pointed out, nobody seems to be talking much these days about the app's original vision of transparency, people participation, you know, Swaraj and uh, Jan Lokdal, Those things seem to have sort of fallen by the wayside and it's all about some kind of a personality cult linked to civic governance mechanisms. But of course, I think one thing, one takeaway we could sort of see in the Punjab result is that there is definitely a hunger for an alternative politics to the traditional kind of politics we've seen from the old parties. And we don't know whether it is really going to be an alternative to the BJP as such, which it may not be, as you said, if it's software, or will it really be an alternative to Congress politics, which, of course, Congress itself is sort of struggling to look for and find a way towards.
0: One little thing here, you know, in some ways, the biggest strength and impediment to AAP is Kejriwal's own personality. You know, he's tending to become very dictatorial about any challenge that comes up to him. I hope the man can relax now. He has another state. He can go to other states. He will need chief ministers who perform very well in up-governed states so that his status will rise. You know, I hope this signals his toning down a bit of his own dictatorial tendencies.
1: But I mean to be to be fair here to kejriwal I mean, I mean, is is there any party's leader which is not driven by this kind of dictatorial attitude? Look at any other party. they all have they all have this strong man at the top, isn't it? Even in the Congress. I completely yeah. agree.
0: But the point is that is Kejribal who came up with the idea that it should not be like this. And then he became this, right? Like look at Stalin or look at Mamta or look at Uddhav Thakare, you know, look at Pinare Vijayan. You know, all of them are strong men and women, you know. But the point is that they didn't claim that we will not be like this. This guy claimed that we should not be like this and then he became this. That is the, the the stumbling block, I think.
1: Yeah, I think that's a fair point. You would be judged on what you yourself have been professing as your values. I think that's a fair point to make here. Thank you so much, Aman. Unless you want to add anything else to this conversation, I think we can go on. But we need to wind up unless you have something to add.
0: No, thank you very much. Thank you.
1: Thank you so much. Hopefully, we will come back again in some time to discuss these threads further in another podcast. Thank you so much. Pleasure talking to you, Amal. In Focus,
0: we'll be back soon with analysis of the biggest news issues.
1: In the meantime,
0: you can find our podcast on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Stitcher,